those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. And we're live. Hello. Thanks for uh, checking in on us again at Behind the Door. Um, right now, uh, I have all kinds of people with me. Let's go uh, start. We got writer Arthur Unk. Hello. There he is. And we have the voice actor for uh, the story of <laughs> Ice Station Bravo, David O'Steele. Well, one of the voices. Hello. <laughs> we have uh, creator of the Gray Rooms, Jason Wilson. Hello. And I am Brian Black, also co-creator of The Gray Rooms. And finally, uh, we're going to introduce our guest host, who didn't have any trouble at all coming in here to go see us. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Mike Rigg. Hi, Mike. And uh, how are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Finally. Uh, eventually. Technology. Yay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for doing that. His he likes steampunk, and his computer is definitely from the uh, 1900s. So uh, with that, I'd like to pass the torch over to uh, Mike Rigg. Well, thank you, first of all, and uh, wow, I did, you know, I, the episode was phenomenal to begin with, but that's not really saying much because they've all been phenomenal, but. Uh, I just, I made notes, uh, hoping that I would have some questions. I have no questions, just a bunch of, <laughs> just, just, just a bunch of fanboy gushing, I guess. That's how we do it, man. That's um, how we do it. Yeah. But you know All what? Right. But you know what? To, to, to start with the, the, the beginning, uh, and I'll probably jump around because um, I, I've got notes on writing and music and and just the sound but the, the first thing that struck me was uh in the interview uh frame the the opening with the interview with raymond something something in the sound design really caught me there's there was like a a, a tearing sound almost it, it's almost like here's a scene of this guy in this interview and the the sound gave it great visual and it's like i was there but then there was this almost demonic tearing sound that came up every once in a while that that kind of pulls it back to it really is um i thought that was awesome and yeah 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 i, yeah. I, I mean the, <laughs> I'm just, you know, the sound design of the whole show is just amazing. Um, Appreciate that, man. Sure. And uh, and uh, my favorite comedic moment, hard to say that in, uh, in a, a horror anthology, but uh, uh, right at the beginning, <laughs> right at the beginning when we get into the room and Raymond is throwing up <laughs> and... Then it occurred to me where he just came from. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, uh, then it hit me and I got chills. And I'm like, you know what? I'd probably be throwing up too. Uh, but great moment there with 
saying, you know, you're cleaning that up. And uh, that, that cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that was, that was crazy. Uh, I, I really, some of these stories I try to, I have to follow up on with Raymond and Bob and mm-hmm. I kind of think to myself, well, you know, the first thing I had to do was explain why the character in fairy tale didn't die at the end and how that would impact Raymond for the next, when he, you know, comes back and how that's going to be explained. So the, I really had to think about it. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, people, people are going to be kind of unsettled at the end of that story. So what would I do? If that was me, you know, I'm, and uh, yeah, no, nobody wants to know now. After I wrote it. But, uh, but I think that uh, just, I, I thought that throwing up was going to be the biggest thing out of that, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, and I know Jason likes throw up sounds. Uh, a lot of fun with uh, some of the other episodes. I think the, the arachnophobia one, there was some gagging and things. And, uh, it's all yeah, about the audio visuals, all about the audio visuals. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sound sound for this is really like a character unto its own. So, I yeah. mean, it definitely mm-hmm. deserves a mention every single time because mm-hmm. the sound just enhances everything. Right. Right. And, and yeah, speaking of, of which, uh, all of the, the interior of ice station Bravo, uh, and even the very beginning from the outside going in, it's, I mean, it conveyed the, the cold, um, it conveyed the situation, uh, what the, the base was like, um, hearing other voices. Now the, the thing is going into this, uh, I only had the title. And that reminded me of a few things. Um, uh, big fan of the White Vault mm-hmm. and Station Blue, yep, uh, and the Thing. And I was yeah. I was thinking along something like that. I had no idea it would be all of those things in a blender with aliens and The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Arthur, uh, bravo. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, I'm a big fan of anything action related. I'm a big fan of like '80s action movies, horror, all that stuff. And it just the story on its own. You, you just take it at face value. I was like, I just want it to be in your face. I want it quick paced because it's it's coming from uh, Sergeant Redding's point of view, mm-hmm. and Sergeant Redding didn't always know what was going on. And I was like, why do I need to explain everything that what's going on when the character don't know what's going on? So that was right. kind of the approach I was coming from. Oh, and that was that was in a that was a fantastic point of view, too, because, um, I mean, rather than giving us this omniscient view of the whole station and the backstory and any time that a story comes from the point of view of a character who doesn't know what's going on, it just pulls the reader or, or listener right along with it and puts you in that terribly frightening situation. Well, uh, the, uh, the amazing thing about this is uh, I give all credit to uh, Brian for that one, because when I initially sent him the first draft, um, it, it was not like it was. And he's like, man, this, bo- this story has good bones, but this is what I need from you. He gave me that directorial moment hmm. and I just took it and I was like, man, I wrote like eight drafts. And then finally, <laughs> 10 hours before the deadline, it just hit me. I scrapped the whole last draft and I rewrote the whole damn thing from start to finish in 10 hours. 
and I wow. did some initial checks and then I sent it off to him and I felt good. Good. Yeah, you should. It was, yeah, it was amazing. It was now, did you have a uh, particular era in mind? You mentioned being inspired by eighties uh, movies and, and adventure and action and action and things like that uh, from that time. Oh. It, what was, what would you say? I station Bravo was set in. Uh, I mean, closely, it could, closely it more, uh, I was drawn on inspiration from everything from the thing mm -hmm. uh, to that dirty sci-fi horror that aliens first brought us, you know, not that clean, pristine stuff, but just something dirty and alien. You know, I just, I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> zombies has been done to death, but I was like, how can I put a twist on it? So it was kind of like a little body snatcher type story that kind of got snuck in there on you. I mean, I was I was pulling from everywhere. Resident Evil, I had that in mind mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the design of the when I was thinking of how the station was designed. It's when they refer to the different uh, uh, the different levels. You know, I was thinking of this you know massive station just being built down. You know, like a beehive down in the ground where they had this body farm on the bottom floor. <laughs> you know, and it's just you know you had to go down there and you don't want to. And, you know, that's why I threw the Dante reference in there in the beginning, because mm -hmm. it's kind of like their descent into hell. Perfect. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of yeah. funny, man. I actually drew from the movie Aliens specifically when I was mm -hmm. thinking about the sound design for this story. That was one of my all time favorite horror movies of the period. I love the Aliens. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Alien, yeah. Aliens. It's, it's just great. <laughs> That's pretty much how uh, Arthur sold the story to us, too. I mean, he, you know, he had told me whenever I had approached him about writing a story, he said, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do something like Thing, Resident Evil, Aliens. And I went to Jason. And I was like, wow, you know, this is going to be great. Uh, and for the record, I didn't make him write eight drafts. I, I only knew about two. <laughs> I'm not that terrible. <laughs> he told me, he's like, man, I wrote like all these. And I was just like, wow. But yeah, he, you know, it was crazy because the first draft, you know, it had like, a, you know, just it, it had, like you said, it had really good bones. And I just kind of wanted to focus more on Red Story. And I, you know, asked him if he was okay with that. And the thing is, is he sends me what you, you know, what you listen to right after that. And it was a huge difference. Like he said, it basically got rewritten and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, some people do revisions and then some people do revisions and this was, this was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, along those lines, David, hey. uh, what, how did, how did you feel when you first got the script and, uh, and looked into the character and what, and what were your thoughts as far as how you were going to voice the character? I was excited about it for sure. The story was well written. Um, the the narration and the actual voicing of the character was cool too. Um, I've done some narration, so I felt like that was the easier part. And then uh, actually, I was telling Arthur about it uh, on Twitter. We kind of back and forth, and I said, you know what? Listening to it now, I, I wish I could go back again and redo some of the lines. Uh, and get more into the character because after hearing it, man, with the the soundscape, I'm like, oh my god! And and with the and and I did it by myself too, just reading the lines. So there's a difference when you get to hear the other people's lines reacting to you mm -hmm. and put you in that in that world. So I really like. I want to go back and redo the lines, but uh, it was just so well written. And even just reading it, it was it was fun. And uh, 
you know, props to uh, Arthur and uh, Jason for the sound design. It's killer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I, I, it was my opinion that David brought a whole new element to yeah. the character of Sergeant Redding. Because, I yep. mean, it's just that that's what you want your leaders to be because I'm still in the military. And mm. when the stuff hits the fan, you need that calm, cool, collected. Right. And, I mean, it's just like he always seemed like he was in control there right until the end of the story when, you know, things obviously progressed out of control. But it was just he brought that element of just, yeah, all this stuff's going on. I got it. We're going to get through this. Right. It was always, mm. you know, that that calm center right. and i did i did take that i did feel that um being in the military myself as well uh so i felt that the leader you needed to have that so everybody's could just go run and you know go awol just take off and so you need to have that focal point of control where they feel calm even when you're not you know he's scared to death like we're gonna die you know uh, but okay i got this we, we just do what we're trained to do come on we have the equipment let's do this until the end, like you said, in the end, it's like, you know, just fear kicks in and survival, you know, just just running for your life. So. Yeah, you wow. know, David's opening line and that really set the entire pace for everything. It's oh, like, that was you know, epic. I, I never I never really know what's going to what, you know, I, I have an idea just from reading the story where I kind of want to go with things and being an ex-military myself. I knew that I was going to go grandiose on this, that I was just going to do everything I could to just maximize the, the soundscape on this. But the second I heard David say, I don't remember ever being this cold and the way that he delivered it. I totally agree with Arthur. The first thing I thought of was an old debt sergeant of mine, Sergeant Johnson. Mm -hmm. And it made, and it put me in that, that, that mode where I was able to draw from my old days of when I was in the army and I was able to, to take some from my, my training and, and, and being around my fellow soldiers and David's acting really, um well his 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 delivery grabbed the steering wheel and drove the bus and i just kind of made everything sound the way that it he made it happen because of his delivery so uh, that's kudos on you david jeff first line that first line you said i was like okay i know where i'm going to go with this wow <laughs> all right Very here's cool. a here's a little uh insight to that first line when i wrote it that was one of the original lines that i kept from the first script because when I wrote that first draft, I was on a training exercise in Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, mm. freezing my ass off in a tent underneath a blanket. <laughs> I mean, just I, I had no light but the light of my laptop and I was just sitting there clicking. On, and I was so damn cold that night. <laughs> and I just that's the way I started the story. That's how that's where Ice Station Bravo came from, because I was in yeah. this cold ass place. I just wanted to go home. And I was just like, man, that's killer opening line. There you go. Nice. Thank you, Stephen I, I, King. I got to give you another side too, because you're talking about that. I, I was thinking about when I said that line, the coldest time that I've been and was in the military as well. I remember we were on bivouac and I'm standing, we're just standing in line, just all lined up and we're just standing there forever waiting to, to see what we're going to do next. And Hurry it's just up and freezing cold. Oh man, we just got up, you know, we're freezing out in our little freaking tents. It felt so warm. <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> yeah, it was that cold. That helped. Uh, wow. Tales uh, from the field. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, as uh, someone who hasn't served in the military, um, first of all, everything you guys just said rang true. Had even though it was fiction and the situation was, uh, I hope never something that could come true. Uh, 
it <laughs> had it had this atmosphere of realism from the military standpoint. Uh, and it wasn't just in the delivery. It was the whole um, the politics of the station when the, you know, the troops who are uh, off duty, um, the description of the uh, and like like you were saying uh, about the um, uh, the collect the the calm way that a soldier in that situation who has been trained will handle that situation and take it from, you know, that standing point of there's a job that has to be done here and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to take it one step at a time and, and do my duty. And, uh, also, um, thank you very much, all of you for your, your service. It's, it, oh, that's, man. that's something Absolutely. that, that, that's something that's not said enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah, and knowing, man. knowing too, that I didn't know Arthur and Jason were in the military <clears throat> and knowing the author, the author, Arthur was, <laughs> you know, was in the military. It, it sheds a whole new light too on the story and the way he wrote it. So oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm 17 I'm years in, so yeah. I, I'm still going strong. I'm trying to hit my 20. Nice. You, you will, bro. You will. Come on. You got three more to go. Is what it oh is. yeah. I'm just buying my time right now. I keep <laughs> counting the days. I tell you what. <laughs> Oh, but uh, here's a here's another little caveat you guys may or may not have known uh, or picked up on. But even though the character of Sergeant Redding was married, uh, him and Smith may or may yeah. not have had a little thing going on on the side. No, <laughs> I'm just saying maybe. Well, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, all, I mean, he didn't want to send her any emails. He's just like, oh, no messages. Well, forget you. I'm going to go and check out, you know, Smith, Mama Bear or whatever she's. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, and you don't know how many times I've seen that happen, you know, where uh, there's a some of the lesser, uh, looser moral soldiers, I should say, you know, different zip codes, bro. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> this time there's different continents. So, I mean, hey. Well. <laughs> no comment. By the way, I've been with my wife over 20 years, been happily married for 17, never strayed once. Love you, babe. Awesome, man. <laughs> Kudos. Well done, Good job. Yeah. I, I survived that that's why I've never made E7 yet. I haven't gotten divorced and I haven't got my DUI yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's funny. Oh, man. Um, uh, well done, Arthur. Yes. <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> well done and well, well written. Um, um, now, going, taking it to the next step, the realism from the script and the, the way it was written and going to the sound design. Um, now I'm speaking specifically about the special effects now, not the music yet. That's coming because um, I've got huge things to say about the music, but yeah. um, sound effects wise, the voices coming through the comms and the masks, um, the boots on the grate, oh. the, the creatures, the weapons fire, uh, the the way the the way the sound resonated in the corridors, you got the feeling of either constrained or open areas, depending on where they were. Um, and you guys want to comment on the on the the sound effects before he tells you about how often he did it? I got to say too, when I first listened to it, 
I was like, wow. I mean, just from the beginning, man, that crackling, crunching of the snow. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. I was just listening on my phone. And I'm like, I have to listen to this again. I, I had to wear headphones. I came into the studio, put the studio headphones. It's insane how good it is. Yeah. So go ahead. How'd you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd you do it? Well, I mean, it, again, the first thing, the, it all came from your very first line, David. Um, when I was listening to you, you said, I've never been this cold. And then you were talking about how you should have kept your security checks below ground. First thing I thought of, this guy's outside. So mm-hmm. I'm going to make him, you know, I'm going to bring the outside environment. And, and, and then I and, I and I work outside. I've spent a lot of time outside. So I'm like, okay, well, in Nebraska, when it gets cold, what's the biggest thing that sucks the most besides the cold is the wind. And, mm-hmm. and if there's any way I'm going to, if there's any way I'm going to make somebody feel like the environment's freezing cold, I'm going to have howling, whistling, blowing wind. And well, snow's not quiet. Anybody who's walked through it knows it's really <laughs> friggin' noisy. And then other than that, I knew that um, this was going to be a battle story mm-hmm. and had multiple actors and actresses. Each one of them is carrying their own firearm. Maybe it may be the same brand of firearm, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they sound exactly the same. They all have their own little pitches and tones. And and, and as far as with, you know, they're in a corridor. Yeah, it's going to be boxed in. Are they in a room? It's going to have more echo. I, I just really listened to what David was saying, because I actually use David a lot to write out every scene. Mm. And I listened to how he was delivering it, space it out how I wanted to. And then I built the environment around how David was interacting with the environment or with the characters. And yeah, I was just pretty much, I, I pretty much, I closed my eyes and I, I, I just did like a virtual reality thing. And I kind of looked around, how would it look? How would it feel? And so that's why I went with it from there. And again, it all came from David, all came from David. Very cool. Yes. Exceptional delivery is what made the uh, soundscape easy to, uh, to create because he did such a wonderful job. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and the sound, the sound design also, uh, helped to convey something else. Now, as I said at the beginning, my first thoughts were about things like, um, uh, white vault and station blue and things like that. And the thing where you're delivered from the cover of the book, so to speak, the isolation of a base on a pole far from humanity and considering project frankenstein that's where you'd have to have it just in case something happened like what happened but uh you can you can spoil all you want it's totally fine you can oh you, we're you assuming know what? that we're assuming people have listened to it and that's why they're Coming in to see how it was made. It was a joke, Brian. It was a joke, Brian. (laughs) It was a joke, Brian. Oh my goodness. It was a joke, Brian. It was a joke. You heard the man. It was a joke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Waiting for the text in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there's something to be said about. Uh, the way some people approach spoilers is it makes them want to go back and hear it if they hadn't heard it because they're going to want to, you know, and from what, how could you not treat yourself to the this writing and sound design and, and the acting and everything? Um, now, where the heck was I going? Music. Uh, no, before that, the isolation. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then this will cycle back to the music easily. But the um, the uh, you have a setting that's isolated. When you when uh, Redding goes into the bass, all of a sudden you realize it's not five people in Kurt Russell. It's not just a handful <laughs> a handful of people who you know are going to be a, a body count like you know seven um, space tow truck drivers. It's a whole it's it's a whole like uh, community of soldiers all with jobs to do and 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 uh rank and hierarchy and all that and entertainment and and multiple levels like you were talking about the uh the different levels going down all the way down to the the body farm uh and so isolated and then big but it really crunches down to this tiny little super isolated terror when you get to the point where Redding makes a comment about how the communications through the masks don't cut through the concrete. Hmm. So you're really isolated in whatever corridor you're at and you don't know what's going on with your, with your fellow fellow soldiers or anyone else on any level for that matter. Yeah. Brian had me cut out the whole backstory of what happened to Bravo and Charlie squad. So. <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing you under the bus, guy. I'm just throwing you under the bus. <laughs> I'm going to be thrown under the bus a lot by the end of this episode, I think. <laughs> no, but no. Really, I mean, it, it, it's kind of neat because if he wanted to, he could always, he had different point of views going on with everybody in this story. Um, my favorite is the, the part where he even had, if you remember, they were afraid of some kind of like corporate sabotage going on. Yes. Right? Yeah. And there was actually, you know, a scene through the point of view of like a Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park type character who was going in and kind of trying to, to feel that. Um, so Yeah, there was also another plot line going on where not only were they trying to sabotage it, but there was another one trying to send data out. I mean, there was just I had a lot going on in the first draft. So I had appreciate a lot of you cut it down. I appreciate. Yeah, it. I had a lot of background <laughs> material to choose from, and there was like thirty-five characters. I mean, it was pretty crazy. It was Game of Thrones, except in a space station, and everybody died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 count rapidly went from one, three, five, twenty, all of them. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, spoilers. I, I was joking with yeah, I was joking with Brian <laughs> earlier when we were messaging back and forth through uh, Messenger. I said I think I hold the Gray Room's body count for killing the most voice actors. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> and that one on the stairwell. Oh, that hit me the most. Listen oh, to that. Like, oh. that was a fun scene to write. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. And, and funny enough, some of the characters that were in the story are people that I work with because I promised <laughs> I'd put them in a story and I would kill them. <laughs> I said sorry, not sorry. So Hardy is an actual person that I work with. Hargrove is an actual person I work with. How? I mean, those are people I work with, and I'm like, I'm killing you in a story. Uh, you know, like, what, it's going to be I worldwide. I wondered, I wondered if uh, you did that, man. I was listening to this, and I was like, you know, I wonder if these are actual people. If these are based on real people. Oh yeah. Good job. I tried. Well I tried getting Hardy to record his original line. It was just that one. It was just that one line. You know, hey, Sergeant, you better get up here fast. 
And he wouldn't do it because he didn't believe this was going to be made into a thing. I'm like, you missed out, bro. You could have been famous. <laughs> so I recorded the line. Yeah, that was uh, that was Arthur. Nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That was Brian's idea, by the way. Brian was like, hey, man, I think I think we should ask Arthur to do this. That'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, now, um, going back to the music, um, which is kind of the it's both the base that held it all together and the icing on the cake. And the thing that I noticed uh, and the music in all the gray rooms have has been fantastic and appropriate, and it causes yeah. chills and and feeling, uh, you know, winding the acting and the writing together. But in this one, there was such a, a span. <clears throat> the um, from the very opening, with that epic orchestral uh, explosion from the the very opening scene, it, it's you can't hear that and not visualize credits coming up on a film and the title you know the um just the 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 just the scope of it really yeah uh and then when it comes down to the station and we begin all of the interactions between soldiers and officers and everything else the uh military cadence um sound that was moving through that. Uh, and when it hit the fan, one thing that struck me, and I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan, but there was, there was an element in there that was so overlook hotel that I couldn't, I could not, <laughs> I could not listen to it in the dark. <laughs> uh, it was creepy. And then it, I mean, it just went from there, but um yeah, the, the levels of music yeah. t tied in so well. I actually thought that the story that I wrote was uh, just thrown in there with Raymond's story and then that great song by Mike Lee. I mean, that was yes. just phenomenal. Uh, David, what did you think when you walked into that lobby <laughs> or that lounge? I mean, what did you think when you first heard that? Because I was, I was blown away. Oh, yeah, man. When that song, because you hear the lyrics as I'm walking in, I'm not talking yet, and you hear the beginning of that song, and it's just, it, it tells the whole, it's like a story in itself. You know, it's, it's something in my head. I forget that first line, but this in his head. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like, I, I really thought that was written for this yeah, story. Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, that's, when he has these things speaking to him, I'm like, holy crap. And it just sounded so good. You could hear that, that it was it was almost like a club you're coming into. So it was that mm -hmm. social area. And then, um, you know, and then how we kind of walked away and started talking. It, it dropped a little bit in the background, but it kept playing. And it was so cool too that you played the whole thing at the end of the episode for people to listen to. It was yeah. just spot on. Yeah, props. That was a, yeah. That was a last minute addition, man. Like uh, originally, there were two other songs, just stock music songs I had found for that. And then uh, Mike Lee <clears throat> had sent me that song, asking me, you know, hey, if you ever want to use a song of ours, we would be we would greatly appreciate it. And and honestly, this story was. A lot of money well if i wouldn't have signed up for a membership for through audio jungle to just get these downloads the sound effects and everything this was gonna this was probably gonna yeah this was gonna be an expensive story to make so <laughs> i was like sitting here thinking like how can i 
save some money. I have to save some money, you know. And uh, and, I, and I heard this song, and right away the two things that 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 stuck out to me was well, three things actually. One, it's a Gray Room's author. He's a creator, and he has another great, wonderful project. How in the hell can I be a part of this and 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 bring light to it? Oh, I'll put it in a story. That it reminds me of like Queens of the Stone Age, and I love the grunge yeah. 90s kind yeah. of feel. It reminds me of that. And then, you know, like you said, David, all in my head, it just, I don't know, it just sounded right. It sounded like it would fit. So I pulled those two songs out. I dropped it in there. And actually, I took them, I had to mix down the original story and separate it to make, to be able to include those just opening lines, the beginning of it when you're walking in and just give it mm. kind of like an interlude. And uh, mm-hmm. an intro for him. I had to. I actually had to. I don't know if you heard it at the end, but I actually had to edit that down, cut out pieces, and make it work a little oh, yeah. better oh, yeah. the time. Mm. But mm. I don't know. It all. It, the second I heard it all go together with the, <clears throat> the background fading in, and it just. It was. I was like, "Yep, this is supposed to be here. This is supposed okay. to be here." And then it's Mike Lee, who's a great guy. He's a talented author, and he's definitely a talented musician. And um, and I, I'm a little bit of a sucker musicians because because i was one for billion years um it would be wrong of me to not put that out there for everybody to hear being that he donated that to the story so everybody could enjoy it and listen to it and the uh, element that it was so all in my head by broken machines if you haven't heard it yet you need to oh, yeah. yeah go check it out on spotify get that man paid he deserves every cent yep broken machine uh, right Broken machines, yeah, yeah, machines, yeah, and and, and it, the way the music—I don't know if you were going to talk about it, Mike—but the music that was set the scenes. It was you felt that, you know, yeah. all the different songs. It changed, you know, as the story progressed. It was just perfect. It was just right on. And 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 from the other, I've listened to every episode you put out, and this one just seemed to be different in that in that sense with the music. Every part of of the story just was dialed in tight with that music. It was great. Definitely, definitely. That, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and that, that final scene. <laughs> yeah, outstanding. The uh, the final scene where they say the last three lines, which were among one of my favorites in the story, the way it ended with that kind of chorusy background where he was kind of transcending and just. I mean, it was like he was floating above the station, and he went into that one of my favorite lines. He said it it descended into a proper hell meaning mm-hmm. like fire and brimstone and that mm-hmm. was a that was kind of like a counterpoint callback to when he was mentioning dante in the beginning mm-hmm. so it's like this is a proper hell the fire and brimstone oh yeah yeah that's cool that's very cool um wow <laughs> oh yeah this story i'm telling you there's one big secret that i have not told anyone about this story yet and the moment you guys want me to reveal it, I will. But there is one big secret that will totally change the way you see this story. I mean, 100%, no one's even guessed it yet. We'll do it so, now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make us wait. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, some people like Ugh. the way, you know, it's a form uh-huh. of torture. I mean, we got to ask the warden if it's okay. Is the warden approved. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If the warden says yes, I'll go, but he's keeping me under lock and key. See, I got the key. If you want me to open the door, I got the key to that secret. Oh, nice. He's waited all day for this. 
all day. I've been waiting like for like two weeks. Ever since I told Brian, I was like, "Hey, I got a big secret. I haven't told anyone." He's like, "Oh no." Well, I think I think you asked me, and I told you I wanted to wait, right? Because I could have heard. Yeah, you, you would have told me. Oh no, I wouldn't have told you anyway. I would have made you wait. Sure. <laughs> so there is the reason why we need to just hang on to it a little bit. Well, I hold a, I hold a top secret security clearance. I'm good at keeping the secret. <laughs> man, I thought well, it was good saying no. Here I am, man. <laughs> so whenever nice. you're ready, let me know. I'm ready. Get to that I'm point. ready. I'm ready. Everybody is ready. All right. My mind. I can, I can wait a little bit. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but when, when Jason's on. ready. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I have been asked to guest host. Oh. As the guest host. Pulling rank. I, <laughs> oh. Uh, that's, that's a twist. Uh, unless uh, Jason uh, no, does, doesn't fine. want to. <laughs> All right. Um, the true, the true, true meaning behind mm. iStation Bravo. All right, kill the uh, screw. Kill the feed. Kill the feed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, boom. <laughs> and it's over. Um, uh, I wrote it initially just as this surface story. I wanted it in your face. Uh, I wasn't trying to hide anything. The things that are out there are out there. But then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I'm going to add some I, – I, I'm an English major. I'm going for my uh, uh, master's degree in literature and English with a focus in creative writing. So I'm like, how can I add some subtext? How can I use some of these things that I've been learning, use my education a little bit, get my money's worth for my degree, right? Mm -hmm. So I started layering in little things. That's why I layered in like, well, maybe there's something going on between Red and Smith, you know, because mm -hmm. that's things I've seen on deployment. I wrote the story while I was on a training exercise. The story as a whole is really uh, very personal for me because it's like an allegory of when I was deployed because I was far away from home. I was isolated from my family. I couldn't go back. Communication was spotty. Um, and these situations would just happen on deployment that I had no control over, but I had to react to. Mm. And in the end, uh, towards the end of my deployment, I actually ended up getting injured. So I had a retaining wall pulled down on top of me, which essentially the old me died and a new me had to begin anew. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to I had to I almost had my life completely changed forever. And I was like, what a cool way if I could just incorporate this into a story. So when Red dies at the end from this thing that he could not prevent, he did everything right. He did everything he could possible all the way up until the end. Out of nowhere, you're like, oh, man, he got bit, you know, and it's just like when I got crushed, I was like, oh, man, I'm underneath 2,800 pounds of concrete. There's nothing I can do about it. My life has forever changed. Hmm. So the whole story is really just an allegory of when I was on my deployment in Iraq and it was kind of like therapeutic for me in a way to write it because it was just like getting some stuff out because I do uh, suffer a little bit from PTSD with anxiety. And it's just getting that stuff out there. It just felt good to get it out and then to wrap it all in a story and then just seeing the looks on people's faces when I when I just I'm like, I got one more bomb to drop for y'all. Check this out. Mm. Boom. So kind of puts right the story on. in a different light. When you when you look at it from that way, because if you go back and listen to it again, which everybody should go back and listen to it again, it's me on deployment 
bad things keep happening and I'm constantly having to react to these horrible, horrible situations. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right on. That's fantastic. Again, what we were talking about earlier, it just brings more light to that, you know, knowing that you serve and that you, your experience made that story. So it just makes that story so much more alive. So that mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I appreciate everyone's support and it's just, like I said, it just felt good to get out. And thanks yeah, for sharing that. Up, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. And I, I mean, they, they always, I mean, I studied uh, English and, and literature in uh, college as well. And, and Arthur, I'm sure you know this, but the, they always say, write what you know. Mm-hmm. And it really does when you pull from that kind of experience and emotion it really shows in the writing. And since you're already coming to the table with writing talent, it just adds so many more dimensions to it and just brings it alive. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I write what I know, but I also write who I am, <clears throat> which is a, right. a phrase popularized by Chuck Wendig, which his book, Damn Fine Story. Any writer out there, go pick it up. It's worth I it. I know it. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I write, I write who I am and that's, I'm not trying to front anybody. I'm not trying to pretend mm-hmm. to be somebody I'm not. This is just me poured out on paper. Love it or leave it. Nice. Very cool. And you could tell, I think, because the real good authors, you know, that you can tell there's an experience, even though it's it's made into a fantasy. You know, obviously, we don't have those Frankenstein monsters, you know, but uh, how but they are, you know, you still have these demons and these things, whatever it is in your experience that you're putting down on paper. And then, you know, uh, Jason and Mike are helping to put that uh, into this this story, you know, with the sound and the effects and just Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Well, another thing, when I was writing the story, I wanted to I wanted to write it in such a way where I'm like, okay, this is my story. I'm handing it off to you. Do what you want with it. I gave no direction. I was like. I don't even want to know any inputs or anything unless it's like a a gender question or something like that. But I was like, I was really happy where the, the voice actors chose to be themselves for the most part. Whenever I've seen Sarah on here, I mean, the voice that she used uh, for Smith is the same voice I heard her when she's, you know, doing the interview stuff, you know, uh, nobody really had to come up with a voice different than their own. And I thought that was so cool that everybody just got a chance to kind of be themselves, which is also relative to the military experience. Bad things start happening. It's regular people in extraordinary situations. Mm. And I was just blown away by the voice actors because they were able to take it wherever they wanted to. And I was just I was like, this story is no longer my own. It, it belongs to the world. It's it's a community story now. Very that's cool. that's great. Now, now, uh, Arthur, how did you feel when you heard it? I mean, since like you just shared with us the the oh secret and, and what this was based on, how did you feel uh, when you heard it the first time coming alive without that direction? Right. Oh, I was just I I went into it just like I do mm-hmm. a, a movie that I think I'll like, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I have zero expectations. Let's see where it takes me. And I stepped into it and I was just, it, the, the Raymond story had me in stitches and we got to see a little bit more background in that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Brian, uh, Brian writing that. I was like, Brian is phenomenal doing what he's doing. Yeah. The play between Jason and Graham is just phenomenal. And then it transitioned into my story 
And right from the beginning, uh, my first reaction, as soon as I heard, I've never been this cold. And then it went into that big epic open. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is real. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, I was, I was hooked right from there. The rest of it could have been done in a different language and I wouldn't have cared. And I was like, this is awesome. I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. And my absolute favorite part, uh, the dot matrix printer sound in the background in the very beginning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. totally the that is totally the military experience <laughs> because we have all this money and budget for all this cool stuff. No money on nothing. There is a damn dot matrix printer yeah. right there. <laughs> I'm like yeah. that is phenomenal. I'm uh, like, that is that is awesome. Yeah, it's the little things like that that make a good audio drama just just pop. Mm. You know, there's things in your side of your ear and. You hear that stuff in the back that just adds to that full immersion. So cool. Yeah. There's a couple questions in the uh, YouTube. Um, one is, uh, Arthur, did your story affect your emotions while you wrote it or after? Or did you have no emotion whatsoever? Uh, when I was going through writing it, uh, most of the most of the emotions that I was going through when I was writing it were physical because I was actually physically cold when I was writing it. Mm. Uh, I was in a miserable place when I was writing it. Uh, I was on a military training exercise, so I was pulling from all these experiences while I wrote, uh, especially that first draft. And then by the time I got to the end of it, I had read it so many times I was sick of it. And then it was just like it, a, a moment of inspiration hit me. And yep. Emotionally, when I wrote that last draft, I was like, it was just like a release for me. And I was just, it felt cathartic and it was just so awesome. It was definitely pretty hardcore when he's sending me uh, DMs on Twitter and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm in this tent and I'm writing this story. I mean, how hardcore is that? <laughs> I go back to Jason and I said, Jason, this guy's like saying he's, you know, out there doing his military exercise in the tent and it's freezing and he's writing a story about it. Like, so wow. it was pretty cool. We were definitely really excited for that. Um, thanks, man. I mean, that was, uh, you know, one thing that we think about is I was going around talking to people on Twitter that I didn't really know too well. I just started, I think, talking to Arthur and I was like, hey, you know, do you have any any stories, you know, that you might want to send to the gray rooms? And I told him yes, but I didn't. <laughs> like, <"Yes." laughs> uh, but it was it was good you know he was telling me he was updating me on what he was working on and he you know it was great but it's it's amazing because you know a lot of these people you know we we just kind of are getting to know them after we ask them to write the stories for us and all of these cool little backgrounds and things and some of the stuff we don't even know until we have them with the behind the door so it's it's just fantastic I, I yeah, was waiting for him to say, I just need your bank account number and I got $10,000. <laughs> I'm a Nigerian prince. Yeah. <laughs> I, speaking of like just getting to know people, uh, Mike and I have known each other online for a few years yeah. um, since I started podcasting. We both have uh, RPG podcasts that we've been on for a while and we've chatted back and forth. We shared promos. And so when I found that he was going to be uh, hosting this, I was like, wow, that's super cool. I get to finally meet face to face. What's up, Mike? Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just up in Chicago today. I was like, man, I wonder if I could get his address and just like show up to his studio. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, I, I found this weird guy, you know, standing outside my door. 
<laughs> we need to do that sometime. We need to get a guest host, find out where they live, and just, and just show up, come knocking on their door, and be like, "Hey, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome to come we, here." Filled up then the we area. find out who's wearing pants and who isn't. <laughs> hey, you're the one in bed, man. <laughs> this is where the magic happens. What can I say? So he's not wearing pants. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold That's on. That's what I got. Hold on, hold on, hold and on. This hold is on, where the on. live stream gets cut. <laughs> YouTube. Hold on. One one picture just immediately came to mind. He's in bed wearing a red hoodie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think that answers the question as to whether or not he's wearing pants. Well done. Oh, no. well done. Well if, done. If, yeah. if life is going to imitate art, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, there's another question. Oh. <laughs> there's another question for uh, Dave, and that's <laughs> if he's going to be uh, ever coming back to help us out in future episodes. Uh, yeah, well, I'm always up for some good stories, so it's it's totally up to these guys that uh, and the warden, of course, if the warden allows it. <laughs> Uh, hey, um, and then Arthur, there's another question. Huh? Um, have you ever written like death or horror theme stories before? Uh, yes, I've actually, uh, my, my specialty is writing. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's lots of interesting things going on in my house. You'll have to uh, excuse that for a second. Is that Ms. Hood? Yeah. Oh, no, you're Ms. Yeah. Hood. Is that, is that... No, that that's my son, you know, who gave me the epic review when I let him listen to my story. I'll, nice. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, I almost forgot my question here. What was the question? Uh, horror or death themes. Oh, horror or death related. Yes. Um, I, uh, I write what are called drabbles, which are basically 100-word stories. They have to be exactly 100 words. And I've been published probably about 14, 15 14 or 15 times on horrortree.com. Uh, it's a it's an online uh, horror magazine. Uh, I've also uh, co-authored a short story for them uh, called Misery and Chaos, which actually involved uh, a guy who thought that he killed his wife and shoved her in a trunk and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, but if you go to my website, arthurunk.com, and you go on published works, you can find anything and everything I've written on the web. Uh, I got my own blog. I'm doing a writer series right now, uh, basically on how to leverage your uh, Twitter account as a new author. So, I mean, I've, I've done all sorts of stuff. Uh, draw a lot of influence from H.P. Lovecraft, draw a lot of influence from Dean Kuhn, Stephen King, Clive Barker. Uh, you know, just, you know, you got to study the masters to be like the masters. So. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh. I went to a driving range once. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I've played mini golf. Does that count? Yes, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I received. Uh, I think I received golf clubs or something when I was a kid, and I, I was very sad. I... <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, back to my son and his review of my story, which you can hear him getting ready for bed now. <laughs> Sounds like a herd of elephants. Um, but uh, we sat down as a family with my wife and son as, as soon as it came off or as soon as it came out. And 
it, it, it ended with the song and everything and I hit stop and I was like, so what do you think? And my wife's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You did a good job. They did a lot of good stuff with it. And I looked over at my son. I was like, what did you think? He goes, well, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I just, I can't, I can't impress this kid. You know, I, I help, I help create his life and he gives me <laughs> mediocre reviews. So say la vie. Wow. Well, at least he uh, he he writes his reviews, you know, as a part of him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's very. I was story. like, just wait till my next story. It's going to be about a little kid. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, we we'll can't use that. Yeah. We, can't, we can't do it. After, no, no more kid. Yeah, yeah no, no more. That's right. I'm. We're banned. Great. Right. Right. That's no awesome. Kids. No more kids. Uh, yeah. There's we some have disclaimers there. now. Oh. Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, are there any other questions, Brian? I don't have the. Uh, I don't have YouTube. Uh, up nice. like, uh, got all kind of, Well, actually, here let's go with Charlotte. She got a question for Arthur. <laughs> Will you be submitting something for? Everybody wants to know if everybody's coming back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got. Uh, uh, I had. I have about four stories that I'm debating on sending in. Uh, and when I was talking with Brian, I was like, I got these really good first drafts. He's like, just send it to me when it's done. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I want to send something in, but you know, uh, I, I do have about three or four stories. Uh, I'm just getting all this military and life stuff out of the way so I can tighten them up and get them to them. Uh, hopefully they make the cut. Um, it's definitely a, a, a different direction than Ice Station Bravo. It's a little more psychological horror. A mm. uh, little more. Uh, one of them is a Lovecraftian type horror. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens and what gets approved. Just That'll be sweet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Come on down. Um, oh, I want to mention before uh, it slips my mind again. Uh, why don't, uh, why don't you guys say a little something about the other actors who aren't with us here? Um, oh, yeah. I, I wish that, uh, you know, Graham and, and Sarah were here and, and uh, Victoria. Um, Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and, and tell me what you thought of their performances and, and how they came sure. to be. And can I sign up for the rights? Can I sign up for the rights to all the future uh, stories that <clears throat> Arthur puts in? <laughs> yeah if, if i may one one of the things that i wanted to definitely point out is that uh this story here like when i first started this i was literally i i literally posted at a college arts program we were looking for voice actors and stuff i went and hit craigslist i didn't know what i was doing and uh will olson is uh amateur extreme amateur uh, but he lives here locally. He played the part of, uh, um, was that Howard? Yeah, it was Howard. He played the heart of Howard that uh, got bit, and he was talk. He was the one who was turning on him later. And uh, yeah, that was he, your first he, hint that something was awry. Yeah, he actually <laughs> came and recorded his lines at my house, and I uh, got to got to meet him and talk to him, and uh, it was a lot of fun working with him. That was his first thing he's ever done. So uh, I, I talked to him on uh, a text message and everything uh, a little bit after it came out. And he was really happy to 
that he was um blown away at the fact that the very first thing that he got to do was something that was uh produced at such a scale as it was and mm. then everybody else day again david O'Seal, i can't sit here and tell you enough about how wonderful he did uh all you have to do is listen to it he really really he made the story what it is mm-hmm. sarah ruth thomas she's a staple she's a regular and we love her she's an absolute gem of a talent again just listen to what she does victoria Wan, she's a gem i mean and patrick mealy he uh played the part of uh yella and uh he did such a great job that was actually him Grayman when he was doing a character oh. pulled down over there that was his real screen Dude, and that actually he's phenomenal. gonna now he's going to be in a story coming out this uh this Friday too called Hunger Pains. He he does a great job. I look forward to doing more stuff with him in the future. And and um, a person on and Arthur did a great job too. I know Brian said, yeah, we should have Arthur in here. Let's get it done. I said, yeah, that's a great idea. And Arthur did did a good mm-hmm. job. And uh, <clears throat> but one person that uh that was in there that really wanted to be there and did a great job was uh, Charlotte Norrup. Yeah, she was the the queen bee and that mixture of voices, which, Mm. by the way, that was Brian's idea to take everybody and just have them say that that line and then just kind of pan it out, add effects and all that other jazz to it. So, yes, too bad not all of them are there. But could you imagine if we had the entire cast? (laughs) And then I can I can never tell you I can never say enough about Graham. He's a phenomenal voice. I felt so bad for Graham's character because. Everybody thought that uh, Lieutenant Gasper was the bad guy, and actually he was he was just an ass. I mean, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he just he pulled off that that smug, confident, I know what's going on type thing. And then even when the world's falling down around him, he's just like, uh, whatever, you know. Yeah, Grand I know I'm more than everybody, even when I'm dead. Whatever. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> you know what? Going going back to what you said before, Arthur, I have to ask then. Um, where you said uh, where these characters were inspired from. Was there a gloom or is there a gloom that you know? It was just really an amalgam of just every bad lieutenant that I've ever had. Because it's <laughs> Roger just, that, sir. Roger that. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, you just want to get in and get out. And it's like, where do they pull these guys from? You know, uh, o, any O grade for the most part. I think yeah, I think they yeah. should be E first before they go to O, and then definitely then yeah, things work. My, Especially my in line best, units. Oh man, well yes, right. And I was an MP, and it seemed to be mm-hmm. that the best officers I had were the ones that at least went up to six, Prior and then they went off to oh, yeah, and then they went off to OCS, so they they you know converted over and they put their butter bar on, and then they became lieutenants. They were great guys. So right. hats off to all service men and women out there who were enlisted and went officer. We love you. Everybody oh, yeah. else, whatever. whatever. <laughs> oh and uh i did want to say too um it was an absolute honor to get aaron lillis from the no sleep podcast to, to perform and this that was uh that was a surprise to me that uh, graham reached out to her and she did it so and what part have, did she do she's uh the in raymond's story she's the interviewer in the raymond story oh nice yeah, the uh, and she's actually going to be coming up here as a big part in one of our patron stories called Fix Me, written by Lachlan Watt. Um, she does an absolute phenomenal job on that. So, if you want to hear that, you got to be a patron, it's a paywall. But we also have next <laughs> Friday the twofer, and we're going to have a lot of familiar voices. We're going to have 
David O'Steele has a part. Yes, sir. Yay. What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Rigg has a part. Yay. Aaron Lillis <laughs> has a part. Yep. Jason has a part. <laughs> just a small one. Just a small one. <laughs> uh, Arthur is <laughs> going <laughs> to... <laughs> you no, know, I'm, I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in the chat room again. So, <laughs> oh, come on, Arthur. I love you. I'm, it's I'm good with that. All right. Any, yeah. Every every time we've done a behind the door, um, there's there's always been you know the the couple people that are always there. Arthur is one of them. He's always there. He's always cracking jokes. He's always talking about things. Um, Charlotte's always there, even though it's like three in the morning. I've noticed Bo's there. Uh, Christina Wilson's been there. Um, oh, by know. the way, Mike, Christina wants to be a voice actress on your podcast. So she says, let her know what she needs to do. <laughs> All right. I will make a note of that. Right here. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, if anything, I can promise it will be a very clean and clear, high quality production. <laughs> oh, I know. I think I actually have received. Um, her name is familiar, so I'm, I'm sure I've received an audition for something. Now, when I when I started my uh, show, when I launched that, I just went on Twitter and said, "I'm looking for voices," and I was aiming for maybe five or six. The story was just fleshing out, and I got over a hundred and twenty. Wow! <laughs> and the thing that just blew me away was. And I didn't look up any of these people and just went with the ones that came to the top. And basically for the voices that I was looking for, not, not so much, um, you know, a resume. And uh, then when I found out later that names like Graham and Sarah Ruth and Victoria were in there uh, and then following their career after I chose them, it's like, why the hell did you guys want to be on my in my right? production. <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Dude, I released yeah. I released a trailer and I got an email from Graham and he was like, Hey man, I'd like to talk to you about maybe doing something. I said, that's great. But right. I'm doing this on my kitchen table at that time. Right, um, yeah. I don't have any money because he gave me a rate sheet. And I said, I, I can't pay you, buddy. And I said, you know, when I start making my money, maybe we'll talk. And then he sent me an email the next day. He's like, just Send me a damn script. <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it, Graham. I get what you're saying. Right. So. right. And you know what? Um, I'm sure David will attest to this as well. When I started, uh, I had the actual play, the the role play um, story uh, podcast. And he was such a phenomenal um inspiration to me as well as answering any questions I had and whatever. And that's when our, our kind of pod brotherhood kicked off, but the community of other people who were doing what we were doing, not a single troll or bad apple or any of that. And now that I'm getting into producing an audio drama, the voice actors, the fellow producers, it's like we live in a community where no wrong can happen. It's mm. everybody is just so amazing and wonderful and yeah. Yeah. It's just great to be part of it. And when you guys, when, when you invited me to be on here, I was, again, I was like me, why? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's great. I love well, it. Welcome I, to the family, brother. Thank you. Yeah, 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 definitely. Also, I yeah. wanted to mention too, that uh, somebody who should get credit in this, but um, didn't yet is J.M. Scherf. 
Um, JM didn't actually write anything specifically for the episode. He, however, um, sent me a piece of his stock music because I had heard it. And I said, dude, this will fit right here in this part. And he said, here, here you go. So he actually bit the cost of that and sent it over. And what that song is, is when you hear the, the, the body start to rise and you hear that comma metal beat, that metal music mm-hmm. in the background. Yes. That's, uh, that's off of his website. It's called Futuristic War. I did. I cut the crap out of it and, and I, I did what mm-hmm. I wanted to do with it. But that's from J.M. Scherf, which, by the way, if I may, I just heard today. Oh, my God. Brian, David, everybody. I just heard today JM wrote the music to this upcoming episode I won't mention about that you guys were all in. And let me tell you something. This is gold. It is gold, man. He he did such a good job on it. It's it's flipping hilarious. I listened to it probably wow. 20 times in a row. Did you, did you post crap it? Did you did you post it? In my folder. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll move it. I'll move it over, man. I'll let you hear it. It's really good. You, you, you got to hear it, Brian. It's really good. You know, he can't see. He can't get me anymore because I wrote all the intros for Raymond and Bob. So now he, I don't have any more aces up my sleeve. <laughs> he can be as good as he wants. <laughs> Although I do have the warden episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, man, I love wow. it. Wow. Uh, by the way, we were talking about Graham, and I, I, I love that haiku. He, the way you read, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was that was the best. I I was really worried. I, I thought, are people gonna like this? Like you know, oh, yeah. you know. And I it when I listened to it, then they he made like a little Instagram. Like video with that, and and oh man, it's just it was it turned out really well. And then you know the warden's response to it, or not the warden, but the Raymond's response to it there, Jason, that was right, great too. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Just like no, I'm I'm loving the whole Bob Raymond relationship, how it's developing. Yeah. It's yes. just like it, it's starting to become almost <laughs> sibling esque. And then it's when when uh, Graham he, he he lets him go in the door right he finally goes in, and then he says you know he responds again about the haiku he's like I thought it was pretty good like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, right? that yeah. was so funny oh yeah butt hurt yeah yeah the last uh, the last moment um, I don't think that we've touched on yet about the story um, there was actually a unintentional fourth wall break in the story that both Brian and I picked up on, but I don't know if anyone else did. Uh, when it transitioned from the lounge into the next day, you just hear David say, chapter two, the next yes. day. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to delete that. But <laughs> no. it was just such a no. perfect yeah. fourth wall break because it just it, – it, it reached out and it grabbed the listener and just drew him in by saying, hey, I know you're listening to this. Come yeah. along with us, and it just oh. it brought him in, and it was just no. it was perfect. It was unintentional, but but perfect. I thought it was perfect too. And then there was that you had a pause there. You left some yes. dead mm-hmm. space. That was sweet. And you're sitting yeah. there waiting, and then boom, the next thing starts. It's like oh, yeah, and yes. it's just yeah. It was just everything. Everything was so loud, and then it's just like quiet, and then you hear alarms, and it's just like oh crap. Right. There's also an epilogue that we cut out. 
Most definitely, yeah. You you find out the real source of uh, what was going on about how the guy who actually runs Darkstar, who's an evil bastard named Damien Childs, actually intentionally let these alien spores loose in the station just to see what would happen. Mm. It didn't happen the way that he thought, so he just ended up basically destroying the whole station like, huh, that was neat. Because you hear, you hear, you know, Lieutenant Gasper say, you know, uh, someone initiated Protocol Zero. Remotely, and, yep. you know, everyone's like, what's that? Well, Damien Childs is this rich a-hole that lives on a space station orbiting the Earth. And he's just like, meh, I'll just blow this up. I got like five more, whatever. Dark <laughs> Star will cover it. Wow. <laughs> Man, those Dark Star guys. <laughs> yeah, they're just... <laughs> Pulled a little bit from if you ever played the video game XCOM. Pulled a little bit of mm, that yeah. old overworld government mentality type thing. Yeah. How there's just some rich dudes out there with way too much money and time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey you Dan, know, man, I think that the best thing about this too is that I don't think there could have been a and I, and this is gonna this is probably gonna sound fanboyish for me, but that's so be it. I've listened to the voice enough. I actually fall in love with the the delivery of these actors, but there, I don't think that this could have had the proper impact without David. I think that David yes. was the perfect choice for this part because he did his cadence was excellent. I love, I love his voice. I love the accent too. I think that it just, it's an authenticity in the voice mm-hmm. There's, and it's powerful too. You have actually kind of like this, you kind of have a, uh, a, a, a very firm, a little bit raspy, kind of a powerful delivery there at times. It sounds it was, really good and clear. It's yeah, it was like powerful. a very serious Nathan Drake. I mean, I just, I loved it. Mm. Yeah, I, ah, yes, I, I don't think that this story could have been as good, honestly, uh, with, I think that the, all the right pieces were in the right spot. And it all started with David. So he gets a lot, he needs a lot of credit there. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Absolutely. Extremely well done. You're a hero in my book, David. You could have saved the station. I know you could have. <laughs> Alternate ending. Da-da. Right. No. No. Yeah. Like yeah, pre- he was actually wearing his body armor as it's written in the reg, and he didn't get bitten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Prequel side stories, follow ups. Let's yeah. do it. Um, yeah, that's one of the other things that was cool about it. And uh based on some of the things that you were saying, Arthur, it's almost like uh, it was a byproduct of the editing and the redrafting that you uh, did and had to do. But I think that actually helps to credit it because you really do get a sense of several much larger stories going on. And it makes you wonder where this character came from, that character came from, where they were going from, where the base came from. But you get a feel um, that there is that larger world there, that it wasn't just an encapsulated story. Yeah, show don't tell. Thing. Right, exactly. Yes, you writers know uh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's a maybe there's a desert station Charlie in the works. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna have to go walk out in my kid's sandbox. I'm gonna have to go. To the... <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be like, yeah, I was in my cat's litter box to get the sound from. Could 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 we say that that Redding had a twin brother there who sounds exactly like him? <laughs> His name is Sergeant Green. Well, he's the Ella as well. So yeah, Ella, you know. <laughs> and you just need a blue, and we've we uh, almost we covered the color spectrum. Well, then you go, then you go to Rainforest Foxtrot, and then. 
Mm-hmm. But what about Station Blue? Maybe we can talk to them and we can build some <laughs> kind of little like crossover. You know? oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> like this. I actually like that name, Arthur. Rain, yeah. Rainforest Fox 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 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Get it done. Write it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> putting it on my notes now. <laughs> Sounds like the, the seventeen others, like the, the seventeen other first old. drafts I have. <laughs> That's cool. Um, oh, uh, the art. Times. We should talk about the art. I think. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that art! Mm-hmm. The first image I saw, I first thought Expendables because it had the beret, it had the big wings behind it, the gun. I mean, it looked like a unit crust or a flash you'd wear in a beret. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. it looks like an Expendables logo because, I mean, truthfully, we were bringing out the big guns from the voice cast. I mean, we had Graham, Sarah, you know, David. You know, I was like, this is like an Expendables movie for the gray rooms. I was like, that's perfect. And then the second piece of artwork came out, and I was like, oh, my God. Then the frozen gun in the snow, and I was just like, what's going on? Ah. <laughs> it was great. So yeah. who does that? So we have uh, we have Brooks Bigley, who's uh, been kind of took over our social media um, and our advertising. He's been uh, working uh, really hard with uh, Graham Rowett. Uh, both of them have been actually getting the art and the rights to do it and working on that. Uh, they're the ones doing the teasers and kind of like those promotional things before the episode. The uh, actual episode art is is made by Cassie Pratit. So you know, the one with the corpse just kind of laying there with the, everything that kind of sets the whole mood as to what's happening. That as well is, um, so, I mean, we're really fortunate to have so many people with artistic talent kind of helping us out and, uh, you know, kind of spreading the uh, the news that, you know, we have all these things on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything. It yeah, helped take an eye out immensely because before it was, you know, kind of kind of chaotic to, kind of let everybody know and do everything and you know so we're definitely really happy to be able to have everybody helping us out yeah true professionals real nice yeah Yeah. otherwise all your artwork would look like uh what jason looks like just a dark room (laughs) blob is it jason or is it the word if it was jason (laughs) yeah i think be our gray rooms logo for everything you know Definitely. It's like the worst profile picture ever for a dating site. <laughs> I'll take that. That's good. I like that. I'm sure Christina Sorry. will be happy about that. <laughs> By the way, uh, Brooks does all that animation. So like when you see the artwork and it actually comes alive, that's Brooks Bigley doing that. Mm, fantastic. He does a great job. Yeah, he does. How'd you meet up with Brooks? Did, did he know you guys already? How did he no. get on board? No, he, uh, I think we started, he does, uh, he used to uh, do a lot of social media work with No Sleep Podcast. Mm. And so once we kind of started coming around and developing a little bit of a presence, um, we kind of got introduced to him. It might have even been through Charlotte. Yeah, Uh, it was. Yeah, so Charlotte kind of, you know, introduced us to to Brooks. Brooks was, uh, is also helping out with uh, another podcast called calling darkness he and graham both so they kind of ended up working together a little bit and knowing each other and then we started talking to brooks a little bit and he was kind of giving us some ideas as to uh what we what we needed to do to kind of get more social media out there and get more people to know more awareness 
of our podcast and it just kind of ended up like, Hey man, you know, you want to help us out like all the time. You want to be a part of it. And, uh, and he joined us and that was, that was very recent. We just had like a a meeting with uh, everybody kind of involved so that everybody's on the same page and, and, uh, it's pretty exciting. Fantastic. That's awesome. Oh yeah. And I'm just putting it out there for Jason and Brian. Uh, if you guys need any help with anything, reading over stories or doing some last minute edits with stories or anything like that, or I'm available. Sweet. <laughs> I would, I would, I'm just putting it out there. Anything I can do to help you guys. I mean, That's if you got you this, you know what that means. Uh, yeah. I'm helping out in any way that I can. Yeah, you're at that, that. Yeah, what he just showed right there, everybody, is that the that's a top tier patron key. Mm. You only get that if you are a top tier patron. So you're you're helping in more ways than I could ever ask, Arthur. Yeah, you're, you're I I, I think I paid for my. Yeah. I only got three more months, and I pay for my episode. So. <laughs> that was uh, your birthday present, right? Like you asked, wasn't that? Unless I'm making this up. <laughs> Didn't you, didn't you say like something like you wanted that to be like your your wife asked you like what you wanted for your Christmas, your birthday or something? And you're like, oh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, there's there's only uh, unfortunately there's a money's kind of tight sometimes. And there's only two things that I spend money on Patreon wise. And uh, Gray Rooms is one and uh, HorrorTree.com is the other um, because I I love what both sites are doing. Uh, I've actually had dinner with the editor for the horrortree.com and uh, Stuart Conover is a, a great, great man, uh, loves writing horror, uh, is really into comic books and sci-fi and all the nerdy stuff that I'm into. And uh, you guys with the gray rooms have just welcomed me in like family. And I mean, it's just real recognizes real. And I want to be a part of this in whatever way I can help out in. Oh, you did a great job, man. You gave us probably one of the, one of, in my, in my professional, I use that in quotes because I'm very amateur at this, but um, in my professional career, that is the most um, in-depth, uh, layered story I've ever done. That was mm-hmm. 162 sound effects. Um, uh, last check, I can't remember the exact count, but there were 14, but I think it got down to about 10 different musical changes or overlaps. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a bunch of ambient background drone stuff, not to mention all the audio. This is the biggest production I ever did. So you you helped me with that. You taught me a lot. I actually learned a lot from iStation Bravo. I learned how to pan things out, make rooms sound different. iStation Bravo is actually, yeah. Graham said it would be like Waterloo. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I just imagine smoke coming from the computer as the processors just... Oh, it was. That's yeah. That's not too far from the truth, brother. That's not. I I had to in order to. There were so many things. I'm I'm working off of a laptop, which I am realizing I need to upgrade significantly. But um, I uh, I, I in order for me to listen to this episode and, and to listen to it through, I had to mix it down, which took thirty five to forty five minutes every time, and then put it <laughs> into a player just to listen to it to go. Oh man, I need to decrease the volume on this footstep and go back and yeah. open the market track. Decrease the volume, mix it down again. It sucked, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned, I learned a ton. If so, anything, yeah. you learned what not to do. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That, that's all. That's all season one has been. Actually, <laughs> I know. I would do the same thing. We when I get my audio drama ready, and I would uh, I would get it all done in the studio speakers, my headphones, and I'd have to go out and I'd post it by my you know to my own server. Go out in the car, listen to it in the car stereo, just to make sure because the sounds mm. sound different. You know, the sound yeah. effects that yes. come up are different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right, man. I have a pair of Sennheiser headphones. Headphones I listen to a lot of my final mixes on because you know the Sennheisers are very high quality headphones. And uh, for some reason, for some reason, man, it was just driving me nuts, guys. I'll just be honest with you. I was pulling my hair out even days after the release because everything sounded muffled. Everything sounded wrong. I put these headphones on. I'm like, what the hell is going on? What happened here? And then, then I go and I put my earbuds in these guys. in. I'm like, oh, okay, that doesn't sound too bad. And then I put my iPhone ones in. I'm like, whoa, David's really loud. I'm like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I could have. So yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, on to the next one. Really well, man. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say, wow, this sounded muffled. Nobody thought that. Yeah, no, let's listen no. to it. Um, I listened to him on this Turtle Beach, and it's it, it sounded perfect. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. point of that was yes, you are right. You need to go and listen to different things on different on different speakers. With that being said, never listen to a Gray Room episode on your phone, David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I couldn't wait. It popped up a new show down. I'm like, okay, let's do it right now. I was in the bathroom just listening to it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, I need the headphones. It's too good for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's one holding the phone at one speaker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's, a, there's a test for you. It's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Never, never listen to a Grey Rooms episode through phone speakers. You need to have a good quality sound system because it is a binaural podcast with yeah, yeah. high mm-hmm. definition audio. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you so. missed, you miss a lot of the, the, uh, the world, you know, the, the, being part of it it sucks you in when you have the sound in both ears so yeah for sure again man it was an absolute pleasure it was uh, great working with all of you and i do hope to be able to work with all of you again it's uh, actually nice to get to to meet you david and you arthur uh and and you too mike um you know and to put to put faces to the to voices and 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 to the stories and yeah, this is one thing i do love about the behind the doors that i get to actually meet you guys and uh to to say hey man thanks a lot oh and arthur you said you had what was it lunch or dinner with the guy from the other site we're trying to get mm-hmm. to podcon next year so if we're able to get there come on out you can have dinner heck i may have a whiskey with you oh hell yeah i'm there yeah, that's, right that's right, bro. <laughs> you guys can all come too by the way <laughs> <laughs> i'm only bringing so much whiskey guys <laughs> Oh man, that's like uh, it, old military joke. How many privates can you fit in the back of a five-ton truck? <laughs> he knows. <laughs> One more. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And oh, with no. that being said, <laughs> yeah, I, just killed the mood. <laughs> I just killed the mood. I'm going to put my stand-up career on hold. Go back to writing stories. Well, put your pants on first, here, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We stand up. That's the punchline. Well, if you if you really want to see what's going on no, here, no, 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 no. football pants. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, is, it, is it over? It's uh, upstage the nipple. Oh. Is, it, <laughs> is it over? 
Did I miss it? You're, yeah, you're you missed it. Oh, okay. You're, you're, I you're, yeah, you're clear. There, there was one more part you missed in that joke there, Jason. <laughs> I, I, I just had to turn my head. I wasn't ready for Big Jim and the Twins. I didn't even be hanging out. <laughs> and the Twins. <laughs> oh, just football. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Door. <laughs> That's how we Talk know about... it's about time to wrap it. Yeah. <laughs> it's devolving. Oh, man. Well, all I can say is that we have a lot coming up here in the next two weeks. So be ready. It's going to be an absolute one, two, three, four, four, right, Brian? We got four. The double feature, a whole bunch of crap coming out next two weeks. Well, let's see. We got the double feature Friday behind the door will be uh-huh. Friday. So that's that's public. You're going to get to hear us again. The same thing. Yay. on your podcast, you're going to hear the, the two for one. Uh, the story is going to be Hunger Pains and Midnight Channel. But Tara Gavlin and Javier Luna, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tara and Javier. And, and, and uh, let me tell you something. Um, we have Midnight Channel first. Um, it's kind of it's it's creepy and and and, and it'll kind of leave you unsettled. Um, mm. Hunger pains. Um, if you stick with it, it's it's, uh, it's definitely uh, interesting. <laughs> Just think of hot pockets when you, uh, oh. you watch it and, and you're good. <laughs> um, yeah. Again with the hot pocket. Sorry, I, I I want somebody to think up oh. and then be like, Whoa! You know, uh, just you'll never eat hot pockets again. Yeah, I'm, now it's going to be stuck in our heads. Thank you. Right, hot pockets. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and then you know, if you're a patron, you also get uh, uh, Gemma Gemma Moore's um. No, no, no. Fix me. Gemma Moore is the next. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shut up. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of a different thing. Yeah. Cell Block B, which will be, you know, in two weeks to release, but patrons get to hear it a week ahead. So you'll have, if you're a patron, you'll get that plus the, well, I mean, that's really two stories in one. So you end up getting about four releases with that. Um, and we also have a very special warden thing for the two in one release as well. So, which uh, again has a bunch of people in here, and uh, it's going to be hopefully a lot of fun. I really want to hear that music that the JM made for it. It's, yeah, I'll put it up. I'll give it to you. Nice. Plus, uh, plus he scored Midnight Channel. I'll put that over too. It's really good. Nice. Freaking mm. creepy, man. It's just so creepy. It's super done. Super disturbing. But then the the week after that, if you're a patron, you will receive another bonus story, yeah. which is a Fix Me by Lachlan Watt, which has Sarah Ruth Thomas and Aaron Lillis and Graham Rowett in it. So it's a great story. So if you're a patron, you get like a billion episodes within February, you know, by the end yeah. of it. It's, yeah. you know, this was our <clears throat> month that is just insane. Um, it really is. But we really, what happened was, is we had some more stories from the contest that we really wanted to produce. Um, And, you know, we just thought, wow, you know, it was Jason's idea. He wanted to say, hey, you know, let's put two more of these in together, like a back-to-back thing. And uh, I I just can't wait. I mean, I think this is going to be a a really fun kind of little extra that we're throwing to um, all of our listeners. And I don't know what to do. 
<laughs> it's it's kind of the way I looked at it is kind of like an off week. Thank you to everybody who's been listening because this is mid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have now hit the middle episode of the season and uh, the regular stories. And uh, this is a double feature from, again, like Brian said, stuff that we both read. And I know that there were some stories where it's like, man, this is really good. Like, too bad we can't use it. Aha. 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 <laughs> and, so he decided, I was like, no, man, let's just do it. Let's just give him a double feature at the six, at the six story mark. Say, thank you. Keep listening. And there's going to be no patron release on that. It's all going to be released to the public in the exact same day. And I also am really excited to see this, uh, just a teaser on it. Brian wrote a masterpiece and I agree with you, Brian. I think this is going to be one of my favorite, uh, warden skits to date because just you know, the scale, the scale, and uh, yeah, it's funny. The characters, and yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be it's hard gonna to be top that Halloween episode. That Halloween mm-hmm. episode was epic. Who gives out a what? power drill? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I it. It. Just, just <laughs> wait, just wait, just wait, just wait to hear this. I promise you're gonna be happy. But then you got fix me and all that. Yeah, and everything, everything's coming together good. I mean, shoot, we're, we're knocking on the door, 85,000 downloads. And, uh, nice. that's everything to do with, uh, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff, the great voice actors and, uh, and, uh, and uh, not to mention our patrons and all of you, everybody out there who's listening, watching, or is, will, will be watching or listening later. You, are everything, you are the reason why this is being done. Because we, I personally have fun creating the stories and getting to know these wonderful, exceptionally talented people. But ultimately, I really love knowing that you like what we do. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun seeing people say, OMFG, GTFO, did you hear that song? Or how many mangoes did he kill to get that sound effect? You know. <laughs> A, did he use a spoon or was it just a ball peen? You know, I mean, what was that? Yeah. There's a little hint right there on <laughs> Fair enough. Lots of squishy. Lots of squishy. Uh, uh, That's it. I, I know you say thank you to everybody. Yeah, usually we cycle through uh, and tell people kind of what we're up to and what we're doing. Uh, for me, I've just been keeping my blog uh, updated on ArthurUnk.com. I'm in the middle of a writing series right now for new writers, especially new writers on Twitter. So you can follow that at ArthurUnk.com. You can follow me on ArthurUnk Tweets. Uh, I've been I'm the host for a very popular word prompt this month. Uh, if you ever heard of hashtag VSS365, stands for very short story, 365 days a year. The host rotates monthly. This month, uh, I got picked to be the host for February, and I've been putting out some really interesting words every day that people go in and just write a short little micro story with that in it. So check out hashtag VSS365. I'm doing the post this month. And lastly, uh, HorrorTree.com. Can't shout them out enough. Uh, I think they'd be good partners with the Gray Room. I got to get uh, Stuart and you guys uh, in connection with each other because I think it'd be a match made in heaven. Yeah. Or hell. Excellent. Or like hell. whiskey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. No, and I, I, I will. I will. Uh, I will entertain the idea. And uh, also, we're <laughs> working on stories for season two. Season two. And I'm working on stories for season two. <laughs> No, maybe, rain, maybe rainforest station Thorese. foxtrot. 
I like that one. But he said stories. Yes, I said stories. I got at least four that are in various stages of completion. It's going to come in one big email. It's just going to be like, blah. (laughs) Probably all all four are going to be written in 10 hours, probably. (laughs) uh, Or less. Hey, David, uh, what kind of projects do you have coming up? Say again? Uh, what kind of projects do you have coming up? Oh, yeah. So um, we do a biweekly release of our role-playing game. We do, my kids and I, um, Magic and Steel. And uh, you can find everything for me at Steel Empire, S-T-E-E-L-E, empire.com. Uh, but I am heavily working on season two of my audio drama. It's Arc City, A-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Season one is out there. Um, they're short episodes. They're about between eight and 15 minute long. There's about 10 of them in season one. And then season two, which Graham is in and a bunch of other amazing voice actors. Uh, season two, I'm heavily working on. As Jason knows, it's a lot of work, you know, doing all that sound and putting all those voices together and just getting the right feel. Uh, so I'm excited about that too. I definitely feel you, Dave. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Bourbon. Bourbon. <laughs> Jason, what kind of projects are you working on? <laughs> I'm on vacation, so I'm I'm just working on the gray rooms because I got to release it Friday. <laughs> it's 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 a weekly thing, man. Every time I'm always working on something. So yeah, no, that's it. And then uh, yeah, that's it. Gray rooms. That's all we ask of you. Get get the mail to our house on time. Get me my Amazon mm-hmm. packages and do the gray room. Right. I don't want, I don't want to do your packages. <laughs> Go to the store. <laughs> if you look, if you look at Mike's uh, behind him, he's got an Amazon package right behind him there. So yeah, um, that's true. I do. Back, Mike. You better be nice to him. <laughs> I will. No, I will. I promise. You're, you're, we are, they always tell us your toss our loss, so don't worry. About it. You're fine. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Brian. I believe Christina's blowing you up in the chat. Just FYI. Yeah, she's she's got all kinds of. I don't know. What did you want to ask Christina? If you if you do that, uh, if you ask one question real quick, I'll I'll answer it. Oh uh-uh, no, I locked the door. yeah she she wanted me to write more i think i don't know um mike what kind of projects you have going up ah um well i still have my this is going on our fourth anniversary the uh steamrollers adventure podcast which is a steampunk role-playing game that's loosely which is uh loosely kind of like uh dnd but i add a lot of uh sound effects and in some case we have our own miniature voice actors guild so so anybody who wants to get into voice acting and try things like i'm i'm sending out scripts for background sounds like news criers things like that and music um but the biggest project coming up is in the audio drama realm and that is uh copper heart uh which is a uh, it's an altered reality uh, where we're in the midst of a nuclear winter and we're with a band of survivalists, uh, civilian scientists and military, and they're in what's known as the United States Reconstruction Bunker that happens to be at Area 51. Um, so anybody who knows the lore of Area 51, aliens and whatnot, knows that there's 
lot going on with that. So anyway, I feel you with the music and the sound effects and the script writing. And I do all of that myself. And I couldn't be happier to have people like, you know, Graham and Sarah Ruth and Victoria and, and countless others. Like I, I said earlier, my initial concept of the story was going to have basically seven people that blew up to 25 because they're just so <laughs> awesome. And I, I got to the part where I couldn't say no to anybody. So I'm creating uh, roles. And speaking of which, just uh, and, and, and you guys get to hear it here first. Um, uh, Copperheart just had, I just put out a request for a role. Sarah Ruth plays the voice of Iris, which is a, uh, computer, uh, artificial intelligence. I needed a male counterpart to that from a different location. Uh, and that honor went to David Steele. Yay! Yeah. All right. There you go. Excellent. So, did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Did a great I, job. Had a lot of great auditions, and he was just, he stood out, like, perfectly. Right, so. right yeah. I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said I was looking for. I was like, I want Hell 9000, but not. Yeah. And he was perfectly Hell 9000, but not. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> also, you guys uh, will be hearing Mike and the Grey Rooms release Friday. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. David. Yep. <laughs> which by nice. the way you did a great job mike if i may say so myself uh, <laughs> that one, uh, yeah. Yeah. i mean i haven't really gotten into to voice acting but um you know when when graham hit me up with with that and i saw what it was i'm like oh yeah i have to yeah, I yeah you did a good to. job <laughs> just, just 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 so you know you took me way back to like you know <laughs> late night some late night stuff man it was nice. good stuff yeah yeah and, you did a really good job and uh, yeah, just so you know, the the voice that I used, my wife calls that the douchebag voice, and <laughs> she she hates when I do that. But uh, it, nice. it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so. and that's the one I get to act real stupid, right? Is that that one? <laughs> uh, wait. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the yeah, can't <laughs> just, just right. wait, just wait. It's kind, of, it's actually, it's kind of weird to be able to say that as a horror podcast. We yeah. have comedy, we have comedy gold coming. So. Uh, well, you know, I, I will say, um, I I remember what, what comedian was it? He said that anybody can. Um, why is it that everybody can do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression? I will say that that David. <laughs> You know, I, in my head, uh, I was thinking like Macho Man. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 When, I, when I heard David though as Arnold, I was like, wait, what? Arnold? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, this is great. So you know, I was, I was really happy about it. Yeah, it was uh, another another funny thing. And I'm not going to say anything about the story, but Alistair Mackey has been, you know, a part of uh, us as well. Um, oh. He did the Professor. Yeah in the uh um the arachnophobia story um you know we introduced it when you like kind of hit a button and then he starts talking about the spiders and he's also going to be in that uh certain man as yeah. the, uh, narrator and mm. it's funny is, is i i guess he the direction was like when you read when you when you listen to it you'll understand but the direction he was given was to do his part like um clint eastwood 
<laughs> and it was like, and I'm like expecting something totally different again. And I hear this, and I'm like, that's so creepy. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. Yeah. Like, and I just started thinking, man, we got to start mixing it up. Like, just give like the complete opposite of what it's written, and we'll get something totally terrifying for a podcast. Cool. But uh, that's it was awesome. funny. And he's he's Scottish, isn't he? He's Scottish. Yeah, he's Scottish. What, what a freaking yeah. American accent he pulled off, dude! I was like, is this guy? My sounds like my neighbor. Yeah, he did a southern accent, <laughs> accents to try it out. He's he's an interesting guy, but it was funny because you know when I actually kind of got a hold of him and said what I what I really was looking for when I had written that part, he's like, "You got the Scottish guy to do this." He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, write me a Scottish character. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We had a. Yeah. I'm, it's just so fun. The nice thing. Yeah. Uh, Mike Rigg talked about it. I was talking to David about it uh, before we started this thing up. And it's the podcasting community in general. It is mm -hmm. by far just amazing. Um, there's nobody that's, there's no competition. No, there's nothing like that. It's, oh, you're working on something similar. That's great. Can I help? You know, when you yeah. need anything, do you, you know, it's everybody. And I don't know if it's because it's sort of like a, kind of like an indie thing like we're all in this together mm -hmm. um or or what it is but it's amazing i mean the fact that i didn't know you know david i haven't really spoken to him much but you know all of a sudden i got now i'm sending him some emails and talking to him now he's in our show and you know all this stuff and mike rig you know we had made like a little trailer for his and now he's hosting and he's in our show it's like everybody is is in this and it's mm -hmm. fantastic i gotta i gotta say something to to what you just said brian the um one of the things that i'm doing in copperheart since all of the actors have other things that they're doing um, and I can't pay them and they knew that going into it. So I'm like blown away by the generosity for them. But yeah. part of the payback, that. part of the payback is Easter eggs. And I'll tell you one, uh, there is a scene with Graham Rowett's character where he is uh, introduced to his quarters in this underground bunker at Area 51. And the person showing him around the room said there's like fake curtains there with light behind it to make it seem like you can look outside. And he's, why would you do something like that? And there was a line in there, something about, well, you wouldn't want to be trapped in a gray room, would you? So that's oh, awesome. hat, tip, hat tip to you guys. So, that's awesome. Little something to give back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not to not to crash the party again, but Mama Bear just sent me a text, and uh, uh -oh. it's bad magic to be happening. So this might turn into another channel. <laughs> Wait, is this Smith or is this? Yeah, yeah. that's where that's where I was right there. I was yeah. like, I was like, the the, the real that, the real Mama Bear. Uh oh. Uh. I'm in I'm in the den. <laughs> again, yeah, says the guy with the red hood again. Yeah. <laughs> what beautiful eyes you have. Somebody what nice football pants you're wearing. <laughs> By the way, I, I am not, you know, you, you said I write, you should write like who you are. I'm not that. Uh, <laughs> that's what I thought when I heard that one, well, the wolf one. You man. have your story, we have sick. ours. Sure, right. <laughs> right. Get them. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Get it was just—it was just too good. It there was so much truth to it. I know. Yeah. I, I just—I you haven't shown us what your basement looks like, so. <laughs> <still out. laughs> 
hey, I, I, I might have a wig, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will say he's right. There, there are things that I dealt with in life that I had that kind of attributed to me writing a story like that. So mm-hmm. when, when you live in a situation and, and dark things happen in your life, mm-hmm. you definitely find some way to incorporate that into a story. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. written more profiles it says i turn intrusive thoughts into stories yeah mm. yeah it's well, as the- always gentlemen <laughs> it's uh it's a, again an absolute pleasure and i i look forward to working with all of you uh, for much time to come i think i think season one's been a been a growing experience not just for myself but i think for the uh the, the core all of us you know uh we're still trying to figure things out and we appreciate, like Mike said, the generosity of all of you um, knowing that, you know, I, I, this is out of my pocket. I don't, they're not, it's not bottomless. So I appreciate your donations right. and your stories, your professional acting. Uh, it's all going to come back. I can promise you that because I'll mm-hmm. tell you something right now, it, all of this coming together, you don't get the 85,000 downloads just by farting on the pip farting on a snare drum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe, maybe somebody. I'm guessing that's. A, that I'm guessing that's one of his sound effects. <laughs> uh, am I, if nobody, nobody knows the movie Airheads. Oh, okay. I've uh, yeah. Brendan Fraser there's, and bunch there, of there's a there's a part in there where Ben Sandler's character, uh, is, uh, his name is a uh, Pip, and they're like Pip farting on a snare drum, and he's like, I'm not farting on a snare drum. But anyways, so that's it. I'm leaving at that. Good night. All right, I'm stopping the podcast now. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anybody Thanks, all. Bye. Bye. Was the snare drum wet? Was the snare drum wet? Oh, you didn't cut it. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. I'm not cutting it out. It's interesting. Oh. All right, guys. We'll see you. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, by the way, um, Raymond is now. Join us each week after every episode for another edition. <laughs> <laughs>